Welcome to Modern Family Matters, a podcast devoted to exploring family law topics that matter most to you, covering a wide range of legal, personal, and family law matters with expert analysis from skilled attorneys and professional guests. We hope that our podcast provides answers, clarity, and guidance towards a better tomorrow for you and your family. Here's your host, Steve Altitian. Hi, everyone. I'm Steve Altitian, Director of Client Partnerships here at Pacific Cascade Legal. And today we're here with our bankruptcy attorney, Darren Weishart, to talk about what you need to know about the meeting of creditors in a bankruptcy case. Hey, Darren, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thanks for being on. So, Darren, yeah, I imagine that it can sound pretty scary to a person who's looking to file a bankruptcy. You know, I have to sit down and meet my creditors who I'm about to stop paying. I think my first question would probably be, do I really need to attend the meeting? And the answer to that is yes. The answer to that is yes. So you will have to do a meeting. What happens there with the meeting of creditors? It's the meeting that's that's uh, scheduled the day you file the case. And that it'll be scheduled about 30 days after you file your case. And that allows the creditors and the trustee to to oversee the case a little bit to see you know if the documents are true or accurate and that's what they're checking for and basically gives them a chance to ask you questions if they want to and that's what bankruptcy is all about bankruptcy is all about getting the opportunity as a creditor to ask questions and make sure that you're following the rules are you doing everything that you're supposed to now the beauty of that is your attorney will have you prepared so for the most part i mean you'll be you'll go into that knowing how it's going to go and and what how it's going to play out and we want to make sure we take away this unknown aspect of it that most clients have that creates stress we want to take that out of the equation so that when you go in to the meeting of creditors you're ready for it you don't you don't have that additional unknown in your mind oh i like that that the less unknown is the better so is this is this going to be in a courthouse is it at the is it at a judge's place? I mean, where is it held? Pre-COVID, it would have been in a in a building in a downtown area around where you're at in the United States, all across the United States. Most of the big cities, uh, they they house them in a lot of different locations in relation to where the people are going to go to the hearing, and that's that's how they've always done it. Post-COVID, once COVID started, we had a major positive from that, and that that allowed trustees then to do those hearings on the phone. And, and at times with video so that you could do them from anywhere. You could do them from your front room and, and have that comfort of knowing that you don't have to go into the, the old 1960s room with the really bad lighting. Now you can, you can do that in the comfort of your house. A lot of times for clients here in Oregon, what I try to do is I try to bring you into the office so that you're sitting across the, the desk from me. And we can put my phone on speakerphone and we can do the hearing together where they can't see us. But at the same time, we have some some communication that we can have and and it gives the client comfort of knowing that I'm sitting right there listening to everything and and really just making sure that we're protecting the interests of the client and and making sure that the hearing goes the way that it should. So most of the time now it's on the telephone and that allows us to be really flexible with how we schedule it and how we make it make it work. I think you mentioned that it it gets scheduled shortly after your you file. So Kind of a couple of questions I, I kind of would have would be like, you know, how how do I prepare for it? You know, when when how far off is it going to be? And, you know, how long is it going to take? 
A couple of really good questions. So the, the big one on how to prepare for it is if you tell the truth in your documents and you review them before you sign them, before your attorney files them, then you've done relatively everything you need to do for the hearing. Okay. So the beauty of this hearing is if you go through those doors or you get on the phone and your goal is to tell the truth, which is something I counsel every client to do. That's a, it's a no brainer in bankruptcy. If you're telling the truth, it, it will set you free. It's, it's the path to not having to remember anything. You can just, you can do the hearing in your sleep if you're telling the truth, because these are facts and pieces of information that you have in your, you know, in your quiver but well before you go into the thing. And if you've you've filed and signed correct documents and they're all accurate, that's part of what the trustee is doing, is making sure that your documents are accurate. It, it, is the material reflective of the truth? And maybe there's some bank accounts. One of the questions they ask that's very common, uh, do you have any other bank accounts other than this bank account and that bank account, the ones that are listed in your documents? And so that allows the trustee to then double check to make sure that you don't have things that might not be listed in there. You know, sometimes uh, clients accidentally omit things, and that gives us a chance to check those documents. I, I then I I'm, I'm guessing I I'm not really uh, allowed to plead the fifth. <laughs> well, you you're allowed, yes, but they can continue to ask the question. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really come into play all that much in in bankruptcy because in bankruptcy, bankruptcy is a shine the light on the process. And when you file documents, you're under oath. So you've got to tell the truth. And now you you have to work your way through making sure that that these documents are reflective of everything that's true in your estate, which is all of your assets, all of the things that you own, things like that. And that's that's what the documents are all about. So when you sign those, you're signing them just like you sign your taxes every year. You're signing them under oath and that they're true. And when you go to the hearing, you're you know, reasonably supposed yeah. to be saying the same stuff. If you're not, then your documents should be different. So yeah. there's no element of pleading the fifth, but, you know, obviously if you're down that direction, then you need to make sure that, that that's discussed at length with your attorney. I like <laughs> so you, you talked about answering questions and, and, and talking, who am I answering questions from? I mean, who runs the meeting of creditors? The day you get filed, you will you will schedule that and you will be assigned a trustee. And the trustee is, it sounds like a very scary position. Oh, the trustee, I don't know who the trustee is. Uh, the trustee is, uh, in, in Oregon, we have extremely professional, very good trustees. They're, they're all the way across the board. And across the United States, most trustees are very good. They're very professional. They're they're very straightforward. They're, they're looking for the facts. Give me the facts. And that's that's what they're looking to get. And, and that person is the overseer of the case. And their job is to make sure that your schedules, your documents are all where they should be. They have all the document, the information in them, and that you're telling the truth on everything. And if there is anything then to liquidate or sell or, you know, any anything that is going to go to the creditors, then it's their job to collect it, sell it, do whatever needs to happen. Of course, you're going to talk with your attorney about that to see if that is in your case. But it's their job then to distribute that out to the creditors by the way that the statute says. So they're kind of that over overseeing referee that is not on your side. Their job is to protect all of the interests, creditor and individuals, and sort of see a middle ground, but also make sure that they're doing everything by the law that they're supposed to do. So they're kind of 
they're kind of a referee in the case that that makes sure that everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. And they conduct that hearing. They ask all the questions. For the most part, they ask the same questions for every hearing with a little deviation, depending on what your case, what's specific to your case. Uh, and that that's the person that will conduct it. They're, they're not all the people that will show up. Sometimes you have creditors. It is called the meeting of creditors. And when they show up, you have the same type of, they'll ask you questions. You have to tell the truth, all of that type of thing. But usually, you know, if a creditor is going to show up, you, you'll have a heads up on when that's going to happen. Nine times out of 10 for the hearings, it really is just the trustee, the individual and the individual's attorney. And that's really the people that are on the horn for for the, the meeting of the creditors. Got it. So it's just people asking me questions and it sounds like it's something we can get through. Um, so is the trustee like a is like a judge? I mean, can they can they legally tell me I have to do something or or do I have to even, you know, answer these questions under oath there? You have to answer them under oath. If you don't answer them under oath, then you you're you're going to get an additional examination and and that's going to be further work for everybody. Uh, the easiest way is to answer the questions under oath. The trustee is not a judge. They, uh, I do have every once in a while I'll have a client finish their statement with "Yes, Your Honor," and and they're not a Your Honor, uh, even though they're an honorable position. They're not. You don't have to address them as Your Honor, uh, but they are. They are a person that's just assigned to a case. Their job is, you know, to oversee the case, to be that middle person, so that the judge doesn't have to get their hands dirty on the case, except for if there's a dispute. And there are situations where a trustee will ask a question or a line of questions and the attorney will step in and say we we don't we don't choose to answer those or we're going to, you know, it, sometimes there are some situations where you don't answer questions for the trustee and sometimes you have to go to the judge and say uh, you know, go to the court and ask them if you need to answer these questions or if you need to submit documents or or do things like that. I mean, it's the, it's the trustee's job to pour into these things sometimes. And every once in a while, they pour in a little deeper than they should. So it's it, it's sometimes necessary to go before the judge if you have a dispute. They're not they're not the end of the trustee is not the end all be all. That's the judge. And and if then the appeals court after that, if it ends up going a way that you don't think it should. But but they are just an individual that that are very professional. They're very good at doing what they do. And their job is to just get everything in line and make sure everything's happening the way that the, the statutes, the laws say that it should be working. So let's talk just a little bit about kind of what happens at, when you're at the meeting of creditors. Um, do, do I need to prove who I am? I mean, are there questions that I know I'm going to get asked? So I better be ready for Yes to both of those. So you have uh, identification requirements to make sure that you're you and that you're filing the case for the person that that it says on the documents. And the trustee always wants to, to validate those pieces of information. Driver's license does the job real well for ID, for picture identification. And, and usually a, a social security card will confirm the social security number matches the person so that, you know, that's the first part of every hearing is to make sure that those inf- pieces of information are in line so that we're dealing with the person we're supposed to be dealing with. And sometimes it's a little trickier on the phone because, you know, they are on the phone. They're not in the, in the room with them. So you know, sometimes it can be a little bit tricky, but your attorney will have all that iron for you. And that's something you don't have to worry about. If you've hired an attorney that, that is good, 
those are things that you can take off your shoulders and say the attorney will handle those those types of things. Uh, as far as questions, they ask relatively the same questions every hearing. They will have some deviation, and it depends on what type of case you have, Chapter 7 or Chapter 13. Uh, the Chapter 7, you know, once you get to a certain spot, they're really just asking questions to follow up on information that they've seen in the documents and making sure that everything is listed properly and everything is where it needs to be. And in a 13, they might delve in more on your budget. They might delve more in on what assets you have and how you value them, things like that. It's It tends to be a little bit different. But the beauty of hiring a, a good office, a good attorney that, that does this for a living, uh, is that they will have, I mean, not necessarily the script, but you're, you're, you'll have a really good idea what questions you're going to see when you get into the hearing. And you'll be prepared. I tell every client, if you stress one minute about that hearing, when we get done, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, Darren, I don't know why I stressed about that. It's not that big a deal. It was just that unknown factor that that was stressing me oh well that's a good thing you just back again really kind of quickly to the creditors themselves you said they normally don't come but they might should i be prepared for what kind of question is a creditor going to ask that <laughs> you know maybe the trustee wouldn't or already would yeah the creditors so when they show up usually they they're asking obviously they're, they're always going to ask about their credit card or about the car that you you have that they have leaned these are these are the types of questions that they want to know when did you get it did you what did you intend uh when you bought it did you falsify a document maybe uh did you put a lot of money on a credit card within a year of filing the case um, these are the types of questions that they might want to know because these are the things that they might be able to to tie to you so that they go through the discharge. They don't get discharged when the case finishes. And that's usually what they're getting at is they're trying to get that extra information. And that's why they don't show up very often because these things don't happen very often. The beauty of that is though, as you get into the, the pre-file stage of your case with your attorney, they're going to ask you all of these questions. And if you're making sure that you focus on telling the truth and focus on giving your attorney information so that your attorney can kind of go through what are the chances of something happening that's going to stave off any worry with the with this hearing because the last thing any attorney that does this for a living wants is to get into that hearing and have somebody show up that they did not expect you don't want unexpecteds in my business you want to know exactly where you're going and the best way that the client that the individual can can help is by giving all the information when when there's a question asked in a packet or from a from a, a staff member you answer it completely and every once in a while you go well i don't know if it comes in but let me tell you about this so okay and then the attorney can cut you off sometimes you know to say okay we don't need any of that that's okay that doesn't play in or hey wait a second we need to chat about that you know trip to europe that you put on your american express card three months ago that was seven thousand dollars and now you're filing bankruptcy we need to chat about that because that can be a very real issue in a in a meeting of creditors. Got it. Got it. Well, well, we just blasted through the time. And <laughs> once again, Darren, thank you. A meeting of creditors sounds scary as heck. And and I like the way you talk about that, you know, it doesn't have to be, especially with a good attorney. So thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. I and mean, the takeaway really is it is not, it's not a scary event. It is a 
it's a straightforward you know get the facts and move forward and that's that's how everybody wants to look at it and if you're prepared if you've hired a good attorney you're you're going to be ready for that hearing i love it well thanks again and thanks everybody for joining us today anyone has any further questions on today's topic you can post it here we'll get you connected with darren and until next time stay safe stay happy and be well This has been Modern Family Matters, a legal podcast focusing on providing real answers and direction for individuals and families. Our podcast is sponsored by Landerholm Family Law and Pacific Cascade Family Law, serving families in Oregon and Washington. If you are in need of legal counsel or have additional questions about a family law matter important to you, please visit our websites at landerholmlaw.com or PacificCascadeFamilyLaw.com. You can also call our headquarters at 503-227-0200 to schedule a case evaluation with one of our seasoned attorneys. Modern Family Matters, advocating for your better tomorrow and offering legal solutions important to the modern family.